The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I am Ryan Carella. It is a pleasure to have you here on the maiden voyage of the Break the Business Podcast. Um, hello, Dave. Hello, Ryan. How's let, it going? Let me introduce everybody to my co-host here, Dave. Um, like me, he is also a lawyer. He's a big music guy. Um, I've known him for 20 years. Almost 20 years yeah. now, yes. Um, funniest guy I know. He's never ceased to make me laugh. And so when I had the idea of basically turning the Break the Business blog into a Break the Business podcast, I knew I needed a funny guy that I trusted. And that's why you're here, my man. Well, thank you very much. There's no pressure there whatsoever. Oh, yeah. By the way... Way to set the bar high, right? Okay, yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to possibly deliver now. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you will be disappointed constantly. (laughs) I'll, I'll let you know right off the bat, my confidence... It was soaring. Now, having looked around the studio, seeing the podcasting for dummies book in the corner, uh, not so much anymore. Dot, 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 working with a veteran here. Maybe you folks know that Ryan actually did have a former podcast of his own. Yes, I have podcasted before. Um, you've never done this. This is this is your first ever podcasting experience. This is my maiden voyage, and you, you, I already used the maiden voyage. You need a different metaphor. Oh. See, well, that's see, that's how kind of how excited and nervous I am. I, I wasn't even listening to you. So, by the way, critical component of podcasting, yes, listening. Okay, that's great. And you are again. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, if you want to get in touch with the show, um, find out more about what we're doing here. There's lots of different ways. We got um, the podcast website as well as the blog can be found at breakthebusiness.com. We write lots of uh, entertainment law and indie music content there. Um, you can also reach us at the email, breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Care. Um, not care like C-A-R-E, but R-Y-A-N-K-A-I-R. I now realize that I've now been on Twitter for several months now, and I realize my Twitter handle is impossible to announce on the air. It is. As, a fact, as you said it, I'm thinking, ooh, that's bad. You just got to spell it out right off the bat. Yeah, because people are going to think like it's going to be like Ryan Care, like, oh, Ryan Cares. No. Ryan Care, R-Y-A-N, and the first four letters of my last name, K-A-I-R. I'm going to get no followers out of this. Yeah, but please, but do know, Ryan does care. I care, he cares. Yeah, we're the podcast that cares. Yes. Um, and you can also follow the Break the Business podcast on SoundCloud. That's where it lives. Um, it'll eventually get on to iTunes as soon as I figure out the alchemy involved in getting a podcast on iTunes. I've done it once before, so I know it's doable. Um, but that's where you'll be able to find it eventually. But for now... You'll find it on SoundCloud as well as on the Break the Business blog once it gets up there. So for those of you who haven't um, read the Break the Business blog and have sort of just stumbled upon this podcast, uh, let's let's go into a little bit more detail about who we are, who I am, what what we're trying to do here. Um, So I'm an entertainment lawyer. Um, I practice uh, other forms of law as well, but uh, for the the purposes of this, um, I practice entertainment law. I work mainly with independent artists. And as part of the work I want to do, I want to dedicate this podcast as well as the Break the Business blog to empowering indie artists to realize their full potential, to sort of maintain the courage to go your own way and not have to give your creative product away to some greater entity like a record company or some big management company or production company. You can do all those things yourself. And we're going to have lots of great artists on this show that we're going to interview who are going to do that and can give you some useful tips like our guest today who we're going to have a little on a little bit later Mary Amber. Um Dave, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to uh, listen to her music. I'm a big fan of hers. I had not until you uh, told me who she was going to be and I checked her out and I got to say very very interesting stuff. Um definitely something that you wouldn't normally find, but um I, when I was listening to it and I was kind of getting into it, digging it, very sort of creative out of the box thinking. Yeah. It's very poppy. And I know you're not a pop guy, but I do know for a fact you are a Doctor Who guy. Oh, yeah. You lo- you are down with the doc. And as you know, and as the rest of you will find out, Mary Amber's latest work is a full-length album of Doctor Who tribute songs. The album's called Pop Goes the TARDIS. We're going to talk to Mary Amber about that album, as well as all the great stuff she's doing in her indie music career. If you're an indie artist listening to this, 
definitely tune in for this interview. Stick around because you're going to learn a lot of great stuff about how to run your own entertainment operation. She she really is uh, running a good shop there. She's kind of terrific. Um, so there's lots of projects going on with Break the Business. As I said before, we have the blog. We have the podcast that you're listening to now. I also have a book coming out later this year, uh, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. That's coming out, I don't know, whenever the publisher gets around to it, uh, November, December, probably just in time for the holidays. I've never written a book before. Um, I'm excited slash nervous slash really nervous. Um, but, um, the book was made great. I think by the contributions of independent artists who I was able to interview for the book. I'm not an, I'm not an artist. I'm a terrible musician, but, um, I have the privilege of working with some amazing musicians who have contributed greatly to the break the business book. And I'm really excited to share it with everybody once it gets published eventually. And what was that title again? Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. You know, the best thing about that title, I think, short, sweet, to the point, you know, succinct. It's all about brevity, soul of wit. Absolutely. Um, so a quick note about the podcast. Uh, this is our first foray into podcasting, as we said. Um, this is also new equipment in a new studio, so bear with us. Um, it'll take us maybe a couple weeks to get the kinks out. Neither of us are audio engineers. We're lawyers. Um, we Don't. we fear technology, right? Our profession trains us to be afraid of technology. Oh, yes. Paper is usually our friend. In fact, David took the bar exam on paper. Yes. I I didn't know you could still do that. Did they give you a quill pen? They did not. And here's the thing. I thought you guys were the weirdos. Everyone had laptops. By the way, this I know everyone now. This is exactly what you want to hear about, about a room in Tampa, Florida, with four thousand attorneys silently putting their head down on a table, all silently screaming inside with a rage and terror that knows no bounds. There might have been a few people audibly screaming in there during that bar exam. There actually were. There <laughs> but, was one. But there right. Were. So, but most of the people in that exam room, they were typing. Most of the people were typing. You have the option to either do your essays <laughs> on computer or handwrite it. I had gone through law school handwriting, so I figured, well, I'm not going to screw this up now. I'm going to keep writing. And so I did. Yeah. And, and here I you, wrote my way to a license. And here you are, licensed attorney. Yes. Who apparently fears technology. Absolutely. Because God forbid you even have to type something during an exam. But you're here. Um and how are you doing? Are you nervous? Are you, because this is your first time in front of a microphone. You're doing great, by the way. I think all the podcasting world would agree. You have a great radio voice. You're a funny guy. Um, you were telling me a story a little bit. We were having sort of a discussion about something. It's not related to the music industry. By the way, this show will talk about entertainment law, the indie music industry, and we'll sprinkle some pop culture in there because we don't just want to talk about entertainment law all day. And when we do talk about entertainment law, it's going to be a lot of, Entertainment law for non-lawyers. We're trying to demystify the law around here. So this is not a show for lawyers, although lawyers might enjoy it. It's a show for musicians. It's a show for entertainers who want to learn more about the law. Um, but we throw some pop culture in there as well because law gets boring. Um, but this is going to have nothing to do with the law. This is just a discussion that you and I were having, and I kind of want to bring it up on the air. Thank you. That's so nice of you. <laughs> so and show of hands if this ever happened to you, ladies and gentlemen. I go grocery shopping, pick up what I need to, proteins, yeah. bread, cold cuts, sugar-free jello, because, you know, I want to watch my figure. You oh, know, that's that's very responsible. Summer's coming up, and um, I'm, I'm seeing... <laughs> summer's coming up. Yes. Uh, is there something I don't know about? Um, well, the only place where it's not already summer is perhaps where our next guest, Mary Amber, is from, which is Australia, where it is winter. But right now, we're very much in summer. Look at that beautiful segue, folks. Isn't he a professional? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm uh, getting getting my stuff. And like I said, get you know sugar free Jello, and uh, you know bring all the, the groceries in the house. Don't think about anything. Make stuff the next day. Next night, I'm making dinner. I'm thinking, oh, you know, it'd be nice to have a little sweet treat after this. Sure, let me get that Jello. Oh, you know, after a big meal, I, I mean, sugar free, not sugar free, like a nice little cup of Jello mm, hits the spot. But at least with the sugar free, it's like it's sweet. But you know, ooh, nothing. No numbers are being added here. Right no on, carbs. Bars. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we're going. We're good. Open up the fridge, looking. Hmm. Where's the jello? Oh, dear. I know I bought the jello. You did. I believe you. I did. As soon as I have the second, where's the jello in my head, I realize, oh, no. Did I leave it in the trunk? All night. 
well, all night, all day, parked then <laughs> in the hot South Florida sun, uh, sort of baking in maybe a 100-degree trunk. Lo and behold, yes, I did leave the Jello in there. And as you might expect, it was no longer gelatinous. Yeah, no, we the word Jello probably can't even apply at this point. No, 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 it was just liquido. <laughs> I, I, I'll patent that new product. It was just liquid, still sealed. But now, so I'm thinking, well, what do I do with this? Because it's supposed to be Jello. Sure. Is it? Have, have I cooked it somehow? Have I released some sort of hidden bacteria so, virus thing that will kill me if consumed? So, like, can but it's still sealed. You did not open it. It is sealed. And so, really, the question, and I honestly don't know the answer to this. And perhaps this is a a testament to the fact that you know I didn't become a doctor and I became a lawyer because science is frightening to me. I don't know if Jello can go bad. I'm guessing not. Like, it's just juice, right? Uh, Yes, essentially all it is is a phase change. It goes from semi-solid to liquid, so it would stand to reason that I put it, a friend of mine told me, put it in the freezer, and then later on I put it in the fridge, and it sort of regained its jello-ness, but I don't know if the heat has done something to it. Uh, like, wait, did, does it look exactly the same? I can't help but feel like if you put, like, jello in the fridge or the freezer, like, it might solidify, but I, I feel like it's not going to have the same consistency. Kind of like when you when you get rice from a Chinese restaurant, and you put some of it back in the fridge, like, I don't care what you do in the microwave, like, you're never getting that rice to look like rice again. And I feel like you're kind of getting the same thing with the Jello. I can tell you the Jello is now on a slant from the position yeah. that it was in the freezer, which is uh, interesting to say the least. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go for it. Heck, you only live once. You know, seize the day and have Jello that's been <laughs> cooked, apparently. But uh, I'm pretty sure there's a greater than 86% chance that uh, it'll kill me. So, so this could be my first and last show. So only the hardest, <laughs> we're going to miss you, buddy. Only the hardest hitting entertainment law news here on the Break the Business podcast. Um, I would love for the listeners, if anybody can weigh in on whether or not this Jello is going to kill my dear friend if he were to consume it, um, even though it's been sitting in his car for 36 hours or whatever it is, um, tweet us, uh, tweet me, R-Y-A-N-K-A-I-R at gmail.com or email us at breakthebusiness.com. Let me know if the jello is going to kill my friend and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Please be quick about it because the, the nature of podcasting is you're not hearing this as it's happening. So I could have be dead already. Your speed is of the essence. All right. My <laughs> life is in your hands right now. All right. And I know what you're thinking. You're listening to this and like, well, should I do it? Like, Yes. Phone in. Well, not phone in. There's no phones. I'm, I'm used to radio. Indeed. All yeah. right. So I want to share a little bit of entertainment news here. Yeah. Uh, before we get into Mary Amber, she's coming up in just a little bit. But first, um, I want to talk about a story that I read a couple days ago um, about Bon Jovi. Okay. Um, I know they're obviously Bon Jovi, very much not an indie artist. They've been signed to a record label for over three decades, but they have, well, maybe I shouldn't say they're not an indie artist anymore, actually, but... Um, what I do want to mention is I think their story can bring about an interesting discussion about indie artists and what they're going through um, and what the new industry looks like right now. So as you know, or as I will now tell you, uh, Bon Jovi has been signed to Mercury Records for over three decades, like basically since, you know, pre-slippering one wet, pre-everything. Um and but now they've wanted to get out of their record deal. And so here's Bon Jovi's situation. All right. They got a big tour coming up. They're going to tour Europe and Asia. And Bon Jovi's got one album left on the deal. He wants out of the deal. Um, he does not have time to record like a real Bon Jovi-esque record, the kind of record that Bon Jovi fans would truly want. Right. But he wants to get out of this deal before the tour. The Contract requires him to put out one more album. And so what he does is basically he just slaps together, kind of phones in an album, like just okay. slaps it together, um, you know, even admits like, hey, this isn't really our best stuff. Just because he wants to like turn this into the record label, like it's a pretty much an FU to the label. In fact, uh, one of the tracks on the song uh, says uh, about his label, um, the, the, the tracks... Uh, it says, after 30 years of loyalty, they let you dig the grave. Now, baby, you can learn to sing or strum along. Well, I'll give you half the publishing. 
you're why I wrote this song. So like they're that sticking is, it right to him. That is extraordinarily specific. There right. is no subtext whatsoever. <laughs> it's not not big on metaphor. No. Well, you know, when you're trying to push out an album in like, you know, a few weeks, like you kind of have to skimp on metaphor. Yeah. Like they're they're letting you know. So um I think what Bon Jovi has figured out and I think it's what a lot of millennial artists in our generation are starting to figure out is Bon Jovi's looking at himself. He's saying you know, it doesn't cost that much to promote music anymore because we got social media. It doesn't cost that much to distribute music anymore because, you know, what used to be delivered on trucks to Walmart is now iTunes, is now SoundCloud, is now Spotify, Apple Music. All these things that used to cost a lot of money, promotion, distribution, are now free. And thanks to low-cost technology, such as what we're using to make this podcast for recording, even making albums doesn't cost as much as it used to. So I'm guessing John Bon Jovi... And what's left of his band, because I think Richie Sambora is gone now, which is kind of sad. Yeah. He sort of took inventory of everything and said, what in the hell is the label for? And if somebody like John Bon Jovi is willing to take that risk and take the gamble, um, you kind of wonder if other artists are going to follow. And maybe and maybe he might wind up going back to another label mm-hmm. or you know, he might jump to another label. I'm guessing whatever label he goes with is going to be one that is going to give him very accommodating terms. But I wouldn't be surprised if he just says, F it, I'm going to do this all myself or with the band. We're going to, we're going to distribute our own stuff. We're going to market our own stuff. We're going to make our own records. We're going to, um, you know, promote it our own way. And we're going to cut out the middleman. It's, it's exciting. I think indie artists should really follow this story and see where it develops. All right, we're going to take a quick, quick break and uh, get back with Mary Amber, who's going to be joining us a little later. Thanks for very much. I say thanks very much for, (laughs) for listening to the Break the Business podcast. Hi, this is Ryan from the Break the Business podcast. If you like some of the stuff that we're doing around here, be sure to also check out the Break the Business blog at breakthebusiness.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. She's a self-described geek pop artist with multiple albums to her name. She's an award-winning singer, songwriter, and comic book artist all the way from Australia. Her latest work is Pop Goes the TARDIS, a full-length album of Doctor Who tribute songs, which is a really fun listen. She's an absolute delight, and we're very happy to have her on the very first Break the Business podcast as our very first guest. Mary Amber is here. Hello, Mary. Hello. <laughs> the studio audience loves you. Mm-hmm. Yay! I love you too, studio audience. You're sexy. <laughs> well, oh, they, wow. they, they are really, and they're now they're blushing, but profusely. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on. I am flabbergasted that we have we are doing this Skype call with us here in Miami, Florida, USA, you in Sydney, Australia, and somehow this is working with my cheap podcast equipment. This is delightful. It's brilliant. Brilliant. The internet. <laughs> it's changed the world. <laughs> That's funny. We were actually just talking last sen- uh, segment about uh, uh, Dave and I were lawyers uh, by day, and we're just talking about how lawyers fear technology. And thank God musicians like you are so much more ahead of the curve than we are, and it allows you That's to- worrying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, we're kind of in charge of people's lives and everything. But, yeah, no, we're afraid of technology. David took the bar licensing exam um, with pen and paper because he did not want to use his laptop. Um to be fair, I did save $100 by doing that. Oh, oh. That, uh, afraid of technology and thrifty. <laughs> so, pen and paper is probably better for your eyeballs in the long run, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I um, agree. You know, staring at screens and things. Right not on. Supposed to be very healthy. So, Mary, before we get into your music, we were hoping you could settle something from a previous show. Uh, from, a pre- from the previous segment. Sorry. A previous show. <laughs> this is our first show. Um, so... My co-host Dave, uh, he likes Jello dessert, and I believe in Australia it's not called Jello. You guys call it jelly over there, the wiggly yes. dessert. Okay, jelly. So I'm going to try to Australia this for you and use the right term. So Dave went to the store and got jelly, um, yep. and left it in the trunk of his car um, for about 24 to 36 hours. Yes. Um, it was sealed. Wow. 
But when he came back for it, it was completely liquefied. And we honestly don't know. And we're trying to settle this. Do you think if he puts it back in the fridge, is it safe to consume? Or like, did he like unleash some jelly toxins, which are going to kill my friend? Uh, well, I, I would hope they wouldn't. How expensive is gel, jello jelly? Because over here, it's pretty cheap. So it's, you could probably just get another one. It's, <laughs> it's actually it's actually like caviar in the United States. It's like ninety five dollars oh, really? an ounce. No, no, I kid you not. It's it's oh, I kid. It's dirt. I would have believed you, and that would have been very embarrassing. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's dirt cheap, but you know we just said earlier, Dave is very cheap. He saved a hundred dollars. Well, I mean, you know, let's by, not say that. True. <laughs> you're, you're thrifty. And so he doesn't yeah. want to have to go back to the store, but like, we honestly don't know if this is going to kill my friend or not. Um, maybe we just have to look it up on Google. <laughs> um, yeah. So you could, you could live life on the edge and try a little bit. And if you're not dead after that, you can continue. Oh, ease but, your way into it. You're, you know yeah. what? I think if you're you, right. You just got to grab life by the, the horns and say, I'm going to eat this jello. I mean, th- what's the most <laughs> rock and roll thing you can do than eat liquid, liquid jello? <laughs> You're hardcore, yeah. bro. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> Mary, you obviously love Doctor Who, as do we. Thus, the album that you made, Pop Goes the Tardis, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But I think yeah. the world wants to know, and you have to only pick one, okay? Christopher mm-hmm. Eccleston, David Tennant, Matt Smith, or Peter Capaldi? It's David Tennant. Oh. It's definitely David Tennant. It's always David Tennant with the ladies. They... Well- I don't know. When you're, like, I like all of the Doctors. They're all very good in their own ways. I think Eccleston didn't get as much of a run as the others. It was kind of quick. It was kind of like cooler Doctor. Matt Smith was more kind of kooky and Capaldi's the grumpy one. But of all of them, I guess David Tennant, for me, I found the most likable in a way he kind of looked after his companions whereas say matt smith was kooky but when amy pond the companion just went running off he kind of let her and only came when she was on the verge of dying to save her whereas david Tennant would kind of follow rose around or martha and try and you know not let them get too far away or in harm's way that's pretty spot on analysis she is a fan I would go as far to say Doctor Who scholar over here, yeah. Mary Amber. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I, now, yeah. <laughs> now, Mary, so what are your thoughts on Peter Capaldi so far? I actually like him. Like, I, I know a lot of people that aren't as big a fans because obviously he's more of a, of a grumpy sort of doctor. But I guess that's sort of the character he's playing. And it throws back to a lot of the older doctors where it's more serious and stuff. And I think Capaldi's doing a good job. Um a lot of people I know have been complaining that he's not been thrown as many good lines. So maybe he could get thrown some more good lines and then that would improve people's opinions. I liked when he was um, fighting with a spoon in one of the very first episodes. Indeed. That was, yes. I think, the thing that turned me to go like, no, I like this guy. He's funny. Um, so. <laughs> oh, my God. I love her, dude. Isn't she great? I love her. Yeah. <laughs> I, how, how are we going to like possibly top this in subsequent episodes? We just we might just have to bring you back each week. Not even make this. We're going to completely change this podcast. It's just going to be a weekly Doctor Who podcast <laughs> where we bring in our friend from Australia to, to talk about the man in the TARDIS. Well, I was going to say, if we if you come back in December to talk about Star Wars Episode seven, The Force Awakens, I mean, then that's it. I'm gone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're going to hate me because I haven't actually seen Star Wars yet. It's, it's really embarrassing. Wait. I'm a geek pop singer that hasn't seen Star Wars yet. You haven't seen any of them? No, and I, I should probably give a bit of background to that. Um, when I was a kid, I was not desensitized. I wasn't allowed to watch any thing that has violence in it. So when I went to primary school, I was pulled out of class when there was Space Jam on. Oh I was only God. allowed to have like half an hour of television a day and it was monitored and half an hour of video games a week. And that was also monitored just to make sure I wasn't getting exposed to violence. So it's only actually quite recently that I've been able to see violence since I've been an adult. Wow. And um, I'm quite easing into it. So Doctor Who's a really great thing for me because no one there's no actual gore in it people just kind of disapparate so i was very 
keen on getting onto that, but I actually struggle quite a bit with movies that have gore and things. And Star Wars obviously was a no-go because it was about war and that was enough. <laughs> I don't think my mum's actually seen it. She just goes, oh, war, no. So <laughs> it was out of bounds. What then, violence um, was there in Space Jam? Like like Marvin the Martian might well, have blasted Charles Barkley or those, something? That was, <laughs> yeah, the Looney Tunes that was when I was like in primary school. So that was when I was, I think, in year one or something very oh. early on. And it was just there's aliens in it and that's – too much or something i guess the war the I don't know. is a no-go then yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit about your latest album pop goes the tardis um aside from just your love for doctor who um what was there what was sort of the special motivation that caused you to want to make an entire album of doctor who tribute songs well, I guess the most obvious motivation is like I quite like Doctor Who. <laughs> well, I, um, I quite like Doctor Who too, but I'm, you know, I, I don't make, you know, I don't put like Doctor Who quotes in all my legal briefs. Although that's true. Now that I we think could about consider it, consider that. <laughs> it seems like a winning proposition. You get so many clients coming back for more. Oh yes, because Doctor Who in Miami, Florida, like big following down here. Although I will say, (laughs) for a lawyer's motto to be never cowardly or cruel, that probably wouldn't Mm, work. That's true. I think it works for John Hurt, but for lawyers, there'd be like, no, always cowardly and cruel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm very fortunate because um at the end of last year i bought myself um cubase which is this home recording system and i can record stuff at home now because i've got a home studio and um it's a proper recording station and so since i got cubase i've had this freedom to whenever i just get an idea for whatever reason i can go into my room and record it and because of that i've recorded a 90s album which is not released Uh, a long time ago i recorded an accounting album and that was on very old software old recording software but it was very much just a i feel like doing this and then i do it um matter and i think now that i had the new program i'm even more inclined to go into my studio and just record stuff so that's probably how pop goes the tardis most likely came about was me going I've got the facility to do it. This sounds fun. I'm going to do it. That's so cool. Um, and it came out really well. And I feel like a lot of the songs on there are you know, pretty good for general audiences, too. Like, I don't think you have to be a Whovian to appreciate a lot of those works. But if you are a big Doctor Who fan like me and my colleague here, it just takes a whole <laughs> other level of awesome. Yay. Well, I tried to put in as many Easter eggs as possible. Like, you'll get a lot of the backing vocals being like, you know... Um, I think one of them is uh, Donna Martha Rose or Donna Rose Martha, Donna Rose Martha, or I'll have a lot of who, 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 Doctor, who, who, or like <laughs> a lot of background vocals are actually car, let's sure rule the world and all these really kind of, I don't know, very Whovian-y sort of things. So people that are mad Whovians will get it, whereas other people will just think it's sound effects, <laughs> I guess. Oh, right <laughs> yeah. on. No, like, yeah, Easter eggs, as you put it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your operation. Um, what we like to emphasize on this show is sort of how indie artists do what they do so they can give useful advice to other Mary Ambers out there throughout the world. <laughs> um, and so the first thing I want to ask you about is your website. Cause I think if you are getting to know Mary Amber for the first time, by the way, go to Mary Amber, M E R I A M B E R.com. You can check this out. Um, but right when you go to the website, you can tell right away that you have a pretty cool thing going here that you put together very, very well. I'm going to read from the Break the Business blog um, just because I'm too lazy to remember what I said before. I'm just going to read it right off my own blog. Her well-built website has the look and feel of a comic book, effectively catering to her unique fan base. But she isn't just pandering. Mary also loves comics and features her own work on the site. Basically, she has a genuine interest in something, and she shares it with her fans because she knows they'll be interested too. It's the very essence of good promotion. So, Mary, what I sort of want to know is how did you, um, how did you, how do you build this site? How, what advice can you give to other artists in building websites? Um, well, I again, I'm very, very lucky in this regard, especially because my partner, my actual life partner slash tech man slash everything is a professional web developer. Um, 
by trade. So it was very much us working together on the website. So I had a lot of visual ideas, but I cannot take credit for the website because it's definitely um, Patrick that's done that. And um, I think a lot of it's kind of just us sitting and brainstorming and changing. Like the website did not look anything like this two years ago and it's just slowly incrementally changing all the time. There's a whole big long list of to-dos we now have that we're going to change on the website and implement soon gradually (laughs) but um yeah Patrick sat me down when we first started dating and I I played music back then and he's like you should be on the internet and I'm like oh I was a bit like lawyers I was like (laughs) technology I could just play music and play gigs but he sat me down and showed me a whole powerpoint presentation of this is twitter (laughs) and I was like okay he he actually sat you down and made like a, a powerpoint like he was pitching you on his product that's that's pretty outstanding Quite legitly, he made a PowerPoint, which was actually amazing. Um, now, when I look back at it, it's it's a pretty impressive thing to do for a boyfriend within, like, the first year of dating. So <laughs> kudos to Patrick for that. Kudos indeed. But, um, yeah, the website is um, built by Patrick. So if you want to know about Patrick or get in touch with him, he's really, really friendly and he's currently doing a social media course with me and he's on there with me giving advice to a whole ton of people just because he likes helping people. But um, his like website himself is Patrick Catanzariti, which is the longest thing in the universe to spell out. But um, he's Italian, so he has an excuse. It's <laughs> P-A-T-R-I-C-K-C-A-T-A-N-Z-A-R-I-T-I. Very, very cool. No, I, I, Though I think I'm a big... Americans say Z or Z. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, uh, we, we got the Z, but yeah, Z. Cool. Um, oh, is it? <laughs> big, big, big fan though um, of Patrick's work. Um, and by the way, um, you know, just sort of a thing for artists to sort of understand out there. Um, indie artists aren't just because you're independent doesn't mean you're alone. The, the most successful indie artists, like Mary, um, they take advantage of the relationships they have. They're three F's: friends, family, fans. To find people in their lives that do. Things like web design, like legal services, like social media or whatever it is you need. You take advantage of those relationships, you build those relationships, you network, and you can get a lot of the things you need to build a career um, and you know, do it inexpensively and effectively as, uh, as Mary has done very, very well. So kudos to you for your networking and kudos to Patrick for his web design genius. Yay. Well, that's actually a very good point that you're making too, though. When I think about it now, it's like you don't actually have to go make friends with the professionals at the top of their trade. There's people around you that know more than you think they do that can help out already. Right on. Especially in you know this era of you can teach yourself to do almost anything with YouTube videos these days. Um, you know, the world, a world of knowledge available um, just for free by finding it on the internet. And Um, I want to talk, I want to transition to your videos because the other thing that I adore about what Mary Amber does with her operation, Dave, Mm -hmm. is these music videos. Uh, Again, I'm going to quote from my blog here. Um, she maximizes her content releases, allowing her to always have new things to share with her fans. For example, instead of just making one track of a recent EP released into a video, she seems to be on her way to giving many of her tracks an accompanying video. As a result, she always has something to promote. Um, For many independent artists, it can be a challenge to make videos. Videos are hard to design, as as you can imagine, Mary. And for many artists, they maybe put out one video per release. You put out a ton of videos, and they're all so interesting and funny, and they have stories in them. Um, And so I'm just going to sort of ask very unprofessionally and sillyly, sillyly, I guess, Mm -hmm. how do you do it? How do you create so much content and have it all be so strong. No, oh, thank you. Um, well, again, this one, this one's me and Patrick working together. Mary Amber is actually a combination of the two of us. He's half of the team, but he refuses to get acknowledged, even though I still acknowledge him. But um, Patrick films and I edit the videos. So there's actually a lot of videos you can make pretty low budget. Like, for example, my last video, I think all we really bought for it was um, the TARDIS necklace, which we'd actually bought beforehand anyway, because we liked it. 
but um, <laughs> it was very much, uh, it's, it's very much just coming up with the ideas and there are ideas you can come up with that don't cost that much, but can still be really fun and interesting to watch. And Patrick would film, then I'd come home and I've got Adobe Premiere. Um, I've got all the Adobe things cause I make my comics with them. I make the videos with them and learning Premiere at the start, just like, for example, Illustrator, which is the world's most complicated program ever created, um, <laughs> is a pain. But there are YouTube videos and YouTube videos are incredible. And whenever you have a question like, I really want to fade into another video, but I want it to go at this speed or I want to do this and that, you just put it into Google and it comes up. As Once you've got the program, you, you can definitely edit your own videos. If you've got a, um Apple computer, I don't have Apple computers, but I think Apple computers automatically come with these programs too. So a lot of the time you don't need to get a big professional film company if you want to create videos. Like you can if you want, but you don't have to. I will say that when I went to your website for the first time and uh, was just looking around and listening to some songs, I uh, clicked on a video. I'm not sure if I should mm -hmm. I'm ashamed to say the video I clicked on was boobs. But <laughs> it, so it was the most unique thing I've ever seen, really, truly. I mean, congratulations to you. That was it was funny. And it was just like, wow, this I've never seen anything like this. This is cool. Oh, there's a video she has, Dave. And now we're just going to sort of go through your catalog, Mary, if you don't mind. She has a video so called The Best Bit, where Yay. she basically just covers herself in pastries for like three minutes. Like it's, it's, her, it's her making baked goods. And she covers herself in like all sorts of like baking powder and sprinkles. And it's, and what, I mean, and as much as we, we sort of giggle at it, what makes it a great video, and uh, those of you listening out there, check this video out uh, for the best bit, is it, I, it, it's not expensive. Um, it was, it's a simple idea. Um, you know, you don't have, not every video has to be, you know, James Cameron's Titanic. Um, what she did was she, she had a, a basic idea. Um, that she could do it expensively and she just executed it flawlessly. And, Aww, thank you. and I think, you know, many indie artists can learn from that. Like you don't have to bite off more than you can chew creatively. Like you don't need car chases and a whole bunch of scenes and, you know, you know, all kinds of complex lighting and stuff. Just, you know, do something, you know, I don't want to say simple cause that's not even fair, but, uh, to, it doesn't even do justice to what you've done, but do something, you know, basic, and do it right and do it well and that's and execute it and you can make a great video as an indie artist. Um, so what is the best tip that you can give out to indie artists out there um, other than what we've discussed already who are trying to build their indie music operation? People who are a little, you know, earlier in the process of creating their indie career than you are, what sort of advice would you impart to them? Um, well, I, I, I was on a panel recently and I got asked a similar question. And so just regurgitate. No, you know what? No, I was gonna say just regurgitate. No, no, yeah, but no, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want your store bought. I don't. I don't want your recycled. You know, answer. This is this is a new <laughs> podcast. It was a comics panel, so they were asking about my comics. So Ooh, it's uh, a bit oh, different because oh, oh. I'm going to be speaking about my music oh, here. Well, well, <laughs> well, never mind then. I, I, I retract. But um, the biggest thing I would tell like a little Mary, if I could go back in time and say something to her as like a 16 year old or a 14 year old, or if, if I could just go back in time in my career and say anything to myself, it would be basically make stuff and put it out there constantly. Um, you don't have to pretend you're like signed to a big record label and put out one video every year and try and get a million views on it. It's, I think it's, if you're independent, it's, you're not going to get that. You don't have a hundred thousand dollars to put behind a video to get it a million views. It's just about making content and putting it out there and it builds slowly that way. And people start slowly paying attention that way. Um, being scared to put out content or waiting until it's a hundred percent right or everything's set up or there's enough budget I think is a big problem because it's just excuses not to put stuff out. And when you put stuff out, you learn and you get people's attention and you grow. And that's, I don't know. No, that's actually fantastic. On um, what you, what you have established, by the way, you are very good at churning out a lot of content, a lot of great content. <laughs> and what you do is what so many other indie artists have trouble with because many indie artists, what they'll do 
is um you know they'll they'll make their one album with like eight eight songs on it or whatever and then they will ride that album for three years you know just ride it out and you know never make anything new and you'll keep going back to their gigs and hearing the same songs over and over again and you you know your fans appetite for music is insatiable and you always got to give them more stuff and they'll appreciate you for it um that's you know I, I, if I were to sort of rank the reasons why I think you're building the following you are, one of them is you're always giving your fans something new. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, I, I think that's the that's probably the biggest thing I wish I knew earlier, and I wish I'd started earlier. Because if if you're waiting for a big record company to come and like rocket you to fame, then maybe it will happen for you. But it's it's not guaranteed and it's probably not going to be on your terms. So might as well do it on your terms. Right on. Start and, straight away. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's show uh, the podcasting world what happens when you make some content on your own terms. Um, we're going to play a song off of pop goes the TARDIS. Thank you for letting us play this, uh, on the podcast, Mary. Um, this, <laughs> um, this song is called take the world on off of Mary Amber's latest album. Pop goes the TARDIS. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> the road twists and gets darker by the day. It becomes so much harder to see the way. You lose your crutches and your shortcuts are sealed with clay. You learn that there's no such thing as safe. It's hard when you can't tell your future. You're carrying the earth's weight You feel lost in your mind Can't think things out straight You try to convince yourself There's an easier path to take Then you learn that easy Never works out great It's hard when you can't Tell your future That was Take the World On off of Mary Amber's latest Pop Goes the TARDIS. Well done, Mary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I, you so much. <laughs> I challenge anyone to challenge anyone to listen to that and not have a huge smile on your face because yeah. it it just makes me happy. And Ryan was singing along with it. 
Oh, um, yes, at the top of my lungs, Alonzi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can find Mary Amber, um, I assume you all want to now after hearing that, at maryamber.com, M-E-R-I, uh, A-M-B-E-R.com. She's on Twitter, at Mary Amber. Is there any place where they can find you that I'm missing there, Mary? Uh, basically, anywhere you go, if you look up Mary Amber, M-E-R-I, it's a unique spelling of Mary, which is great for Google because if you look that up anywhere you look, I think I've got Mary Amber on everything. So Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, all of them. It just is Mary Amber for all of them. Outstanding. Um, that uh, that was great. Um, I hope we can have you on again sometime and uh, annoy you some more. <laughs> no, I'm happy to come on anytime. All right. Oh, good. Uh, not annoying (laughs) thank you very much bless your heart we will take a quick quick break and be right back on the break the business podcast hi this is ryan from the break the business podcast if you like some of the stuff that we're doing around here be sure to also check out the break the business blog at breakthebusiness.com you can also follow me on twitter at ryan k-a-i-r thanks for listening Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. Um, how great was Mary Amber, David? She was something, man. That was really great stuff. Um, not only was she just bubbly and interesting and had some great advice for indie artists, but how about that Skype connection? My God. That was really great. Um, kudos to Patrick once again. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. I, I like she, I can't help but feel like Patrick is just a very important component in all of this. In fact, Ka- Patrick, this is for you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, standing O. You deserve it. The studio audience loves them some Patrick. Look at the ba- the balcony is going crazy. I have never seen pandemonium like yeah, that. How did they even make those "We Love Patrick" signs so quickly? I mean, they're good. They only they're had good. like a thirty second break. That was crazy. Um. I want to, before we close, I just want to sort of reiterate three things that I think Mary Amber said, which are um, things that I write about in the Break the Business book, and I think just are worth emphasizing because they are great things that I, that all indie artists would benefit from um, emphasizing more in their careers. The first is looking for other people to help you create. Um, there really is no such thing as a DIY artist. You hear that all the time. Like it, you, we tend to use the term indie and DIY. There's no such thing as a do-it-yourself artist. There's too many things that have to be done in a music operation to do everything yourself. Nobody knows everything about writing and singing and recording and making videos and promoting them and designing websites and doing your own legal services and accounting. Um, you, you need to depend on others. Um, and just because you're independent doesn't mean you're alone. And so you have to take advantage of what I call your three Fs, friends, family, fans. You have to build that network of people who are ready to sort of help you out at usually at a lesser cost. Um, whether that's the boyfriend who can do web design, um, or his partner, I don't know what his relationship was there. The Patrick, if yes. you need the Patrick who does web design, um, you know, and she's probably has a whole bunch of other people in her life that are helping her with other things and help her make, you know, she's the center of the operation, but she knows how to network and find others to help her achieve her goals. That is so critical for artists. The second thing is the things you don't know how to do, you can teach yourself. This is the 21st century. It's the era of YouTube. You can teach yourself to do almost anything from crocheting to probably advanced calculus for free on the internet using sites like YouTube. Um, And Mary used YouTube to learn how to make the amazing music videos she puts out constantly. Um, and in fact, uh, I think another example of this outside of the music day, outside of music day, I've actually talked about this on the break, the business blog, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, f- uh, the NFL long snapper, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, Nate Boyer. Yes. Um, this guy was a war hero. This isn't a music example, but it, it does have a point. I assure you, he was a war hero who decided at the age of 29, after he was done, uh, fighting overseas that he wanted to be a football player. So when he went to the University of Texas, he became the University of Texas long snapper, even though he had never played organized football for the first 29 years of his life. He learned how to be a long snapper by watching YouTube videos. 
And he just practiced and practiced and watched these YouTube videos and became a professional football player, making it all the way to the Miami, uh, Miami, Seattle Seahawks uh, preseason roster just by teaching himself how to do uh, long snapping on YouTube. And so if Nate Boyer can teach himself to be a professional football player for free on YouTube and artists like Mary Amber can teach themselves how to make great music videos on YouTube, think about what you can do as an independent artist. The third thing that she talked about, which is, I would probably say is the most important thing for any indie artist to do. Mary Amber gets content out there, man. Mm -hmm. She puts out so much material. I mean, I see her on Twitter. I feel every week she's got a new video out. She's got a new song. She's making comic strips. Um, I sort of, to sort of borrow the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, ABC, like instead of always be closing, it's always be creating. As an indie artist, you never want to stop creating content. Um, your fans, their, their appetite for content is insatiable. They're always going to want more. And if you give them more, if you always give them a regular stream of content, even if it's just as simple as a quick music video or you playing guitar in your room by yourself of like your favorite song, like not everything has to be an expensive production, but if you give your fans constant new contact content, um, you'll build a relationship with them. If um, you create it, they will come. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm so glad we had Mary Amber on our first podcast right out the gate because she does so many things so well. And I think indie artists can learn a lot from her. I hope you all enjoyed this. Um, do you have a good time, Dave? I had a great time. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. Finally, after years and years of just talking to each other, We've decided, let's make some money off this. And because the one thing I know about podcasts is cash making oh, machine. Uh, it's, a, it's a money tree podcasting. We're going to roll in it, baby. I think there'll be a knock at the door soon with a man with just the bag with a dollar sign on it. The cartoon dollar sign, like with bank robberies, like in, yeah. Yes, because the, 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 that's the way you want to get money. Any other way, I mean, direct <laughs> deposit, give me a break. Give me a bag full, give me a bag with a dollar sign on it. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> Um, well, thank you very, very much for listening. You can find the Break the Business podcast on SoundCloud, hopefully on iTunes very, very soon. Check out the blog, which is going to have the podcast, breakthebusiness.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan, K-A-I-R. I'll do it that way. I'll, I'll say the first half, spell the second half, at Ryan, K-A-I-R. You can email the show at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Break the Business podcast. Catch you later. Bye.